0: I'm Sylvia Burgos-Tofnes and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. And so today we have the brains, Braun Enhart, behind <laughs> Hay River Certified Organic Pumpkin Seed Oil. Wow. Jay Seguine, and not Jay Seguine, Ken yeah. Seguine, oh, <laughs> and Jay Gilbertson. I told you, I'm like a, I'm like a kid in, on Christmas. I'm so nervous. Good morning, guys. I am so glad you're here. Good morning, Good
1: Sonia. Uh, glad to be
2: here. Happy to be here, yeah.
0: All right. Now, I said that they added a really interesting twist to the farming story, and that's one of the things that's so much fun about small-scale farming is that there are usually such terrific stories <laughs> behind it. Because uh, let me ask you guys, first thing off the bat, both of you are uh, from farming backgrounds,
1: uh, unfortunately, um, no. <laughs> no. so uh, actually,
2: it, it sure would come in handy if we had.
1: <laughs> Jay, why aren't you from a farming
2: background? Um, we could use that. Uh, uh, just, ta- I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm from uh, Los Angeles, Eau Claire.
0: Okay, so Ken, Los Angeles, Jay, Eau Claire, and I think what we'll do is we'll kind of build up to how you got started farming because I think that's one of the things that we are finding in this newer wave of people into farming, especially into sustainable farming, is that they're coming from other fields and they're bringing the skills and richness of their backgrounds to this very, very important work. So Ken, let's start with you. You mentioned that you're from LA. So how long have you been in the upper Midwest?
1: Since 1995, I moved for work. And it was a great move. I feel like I fit in better here than I did there, frankly, so.
0: It's a matter of culture and values. It is. What have you been doing prior to starting the farming?
1: Well, I've worked my adult life in sales and marketing of natural products and with environmentally focused companies. So consequently, uh, for us on the marketing part of our business, that's, that's been easy.
0: Right. So the, the, the natural products have included, and I'll, this is, I think, going to spark some people's interest, with Aveda. Yes. Yeah, so what were you doing there?
1: Well, I started off just as a, you know, Aveda as a professional <clears throat> salon blind of beauty products. And I started off in Los Angeles as a salon rep and clawed my way
0: to <laughs> Minneapolis
1: to the headquarters. It's, I was eventually a global sales director at Aveda Corporation in the mid-90s.
0: And that was and continues to be a product line that is, it's more about the product.
1: It is. And uh the the it was, you know, started by an, an individual man, an entrepreneur who started making shampoo in his bathtub and quite quite the story. And he just passed away a yes, couple he weeks did. ago and matter of fact he lived in Osceola. Yes he does, yes yeah. he did. And he, uh, Horst Recklebacher, and then he sold it to Estee Lauder, the very large. Right. And, and you know, I got to say, since the sale, they've really invested in the product itself. Those ingredients couldn't be better, and there's tremendous effort and resourcing has gone into sustainable, mm-hmm. organic ingredients in those products. So it's done nothing but just improve it. Wow.
0: Now, you still maintain your, an off farm job?
1: I do. <laughs> I like
0: like 70% of all farmers in Not the United uncommon. States. Yep. Yeah. And what are you doing? What kind of area is that in?
1: I work in dietary supplements. I'm vice president of a Wisconsin-based probiotic company, the good bacteria that are, right. are good for digestion and health. And it's kind of interesting. It's one of the few actual manufacturers of probiotics in the United States, and it's right here in Wausau, Wisconsin.
0: Well, you've been on the leading edge of a lot of movements it feels like.
1: Bright place, right time, <laughs> you know, certainly.
2: I lucked out. So.
0: Right. And Jay, yours is a very interesting background as well.
2: Well, uh, I guess how you come to the farm is it's, it's, it is interesting how we, how we uh, landed where we are presently. And um, originally we planned to just find a weekend place. Mm-hmm. And probably we were there like a month and we looked at each other and went, we're moving. Really, I had a salon in Northeast Minneapolis and for about six years though I kept commuting until I hit several deer and I thought <laughs> well the universe is telling me something so <laughs> I need to switch gears so I ended up um, being a published author
0: and yours is the can you tell us the oh about sure it? the Madeline
2: Island series and basically what I did was I when mm-hmm. I had my salon I realized I had a pretty large clientele base of single women that were happy and there is really nothing supporting that. Mostly it's single women that are looking for somebody, you're not complete, that kind of a thing, I think, is mostly what's found in literature, and I thought, well, there, there, there's a need. So okay. I created a Visit series of uh, single women, Eve Moss, dot com, who is very complete and very happy. And and what she's done, done is turn her friends into her family, and it takes and place in Madeline Island, and it's a lot of fun, and it's also about a lot of issues that, that we're all dealing Paul, with. Minnesota. So thanks. it's been really interesting.
0: I love this. <laughs> you know, it's because both of you have tapped. What do you bring when it, from the outside? You know, when I look at, at uh, the kinds of, of lives that you've brought into sustainable farming, I think about the sensibilities to these values that all of us share. Now, when did you start your farm? How did you find it?
1: Well, Jay's we, um, mom and dad live in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, so we knew we wanted to be in, within a radius of them. And we just started, uh, look, actually we had, I was on the board of the Alliance for Sustainability out of Minneapolis, and we had an intern, and said, I just mentioned her casually one day, that we're interested in, you know, looking at farms someplace in the country. And she said, you have to meet my friend, Don Robertson. We met him in the cities and he had a CSA that he was operating, wonderful guy, he was really our first friend out here and he he and his wife Joni invited us to come out to their farm and we drove around the area, we said it's beautiful, so we just started looking and then um, had a, worked with a real estate agent and then found the property that was perfect, came out, and within, you know I'd say, an hour of being on the property, we wrote an offer. It had, we, we had a criteria of things that we were looking for, and one of the things, we knew we wanted to be able to do some kind of value-added agriculture okay. at the place. So that was, uh, we were looking for things, uh, land that would suit itself for that, and we had a little list of things that we were interested in mm-hmm. trying, with the pumpkin seed oil being one of them.
0: Now, what year was that?
1: We moved in 2001.
0: Okay, so you've been a part of this agricultural community for, for a while now. Uh, one of the things I guess I want our, our, our listeners uh, to hear is that these things take time. Sometimes they take time to develop. You, you're looking around, and then you're looking for the right place for the right kind of farm that you want. So not necessarily overnight, although you do bump up against people and situations that really kind of align so 2001, why pumpkin seed oil?
1: Well, it was one of a couple, several things we were considering. And we initially, we were thinking maybe woods-grown herbs, because I have worked in the dietary supplement and herbal business. We thought that would be a possibility, and we have abundant woods. And ginseng is native to here, it's, you know. So that was a possibility, and we looked at that. We looked at... Cut flowers, maybe peonies, peonies. they grow very well here, and the pumpkin seed oil. The man who I mentioned, Horst Ruckelbacher, the founder of Aveda, he is Austrian, and along with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Wolfgang Puck is considered Austrians that have gone on and done well in the world. And we used to go to some of the very large uh, natural product expos where um, the government of Austria would have a booth. And mm. Horst is well known, and everybody w- around him would be given a, a gift bag of Austrian products. And Austria is the world's largest producer and consumer of pumpkin seed oil. It's an important part of Austrian cuisine. So we were given a bottle of this stuff, and we'd never tasted anything like it. It is absolutely a unique taste, and that, so that was, you know, a layer. And then in year 2000, we went to a value-added agricultural conference in mm-hmm. Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yes, and you that's know, held annually. Yeah, yes. and, and looking for, you know, what could we be doing on our farm that to be? that, And we heard a presentation from a man who um, was running a place just north of here in Spooner, Wisconsin, Botanic Oil Innovations.
0: Yes, familiar. And
1: the idea was to really encourage diversity in farming and that oil seed crops could be grown successfully here. They are in cold climates around the world. They grow. You know, sunflowers in Siberia and North Dakota, just fine. And pumpkin seedle was one of the things that um, they had suggested. So kind of those two things, the background with Horst and that, was like, well, let's give that a try. And exactly what you said, Sylvia, very gradual process. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, we started very, very slowly planting some of these special varieties that we grow for the oil, to, to, and you know, just started off, did tests, found one that worked, scaled that up, did a test pressing. So it wasn't, it took a number of years. We started in 2002, but it wasn't until 2006 that we actually had a finished product that we could wow. sell.
0: Wow, that's a lot of trial and really trying to figure out what would work best. That makes me think about something that we've talked about on Deep Roots Radio numbers of times, which is that holistic look. Farming, you don't start necessarily with the product you want to grow, but rather with the idea of the life you want to lead, and then you find those, or you try to find those farm-based activities that provide that living wage or that the ability to put your passion into a soil, into the product, and that's called holistic kind of approach, holistic goals. I know that many of our listeners um, may be farmers. Many of them are food lovers. In fact, all of us are food lovers, but may not have a direct a daily tie with a farm or with a garden. And so that's the kind of approach that many people uh, in agriculture are trying to promote. You know, Take a look at things holistically. Uh, try to figure out first what is the life you want, what are the goals you have, and then try things that may work. And certainly... Right now, uh, my husband Dave and I are raising cattle. So we're raising 100% um, grass-fed beef. But as we get older and as we have trials with different things, that may change because of of age, because of physical ability, or because we may find another market. (laughs) And so farmers are always kind of looking at what's going to work, what's going to work. So it was 2006 that you finally had a product. Wow. Now how many acres were you planting in order to do this?
2: Well, well <laughs> we started out with rows <laughs> and we just progressed actually just I mean it just really did start out with just a very small amount of, of plantings and then we just grew it. You know because we are actually the first producers of pumpkin seed oil in the U.S
1: even though we live in a farming community, there is really not that kind of knowledge base on, on how you go, certainly about growing them. And we've been able to tap into our community, like I think farmers do everywhere over, what do we do, best practices, how do we, how do, we do this? But then in terms of actually the harvesting and the processing, no one had done it before here. Hmm. Wow. So, you know, we, we really needed to develop the system and we originally started harvesting by hand and, um, Part of our our deal is, I know the big deal for Jay is community and wanting to create jobs and wanting to pay people well. And we've built that in from the very beginning and that was always part of our dream. But uh, it gets very expensive and harvesting Mm -hmm. and, and doing that. So we designed a piece of equipment, and we mechanized the process, and indeed it worked. Uh, we call it the contraption. <laughs> we call it a lot It's just—it's very too. kind of uh, Rube Goldberg, <laughs> and lots of turning things, and it's probably a, a, it's a safety loud, yeah. OSHA disaster. <laughs>
2: yeah, but it's you know good. it
1: worked. But we have always been limited by how much we could harvest. So sure, we could plant a lot, but we have to be able to harvest it. And in, in Wisconsin, we have a northern climate. It's a fairly short window of time between the time the pumpkins are ripe and then winter you know we can have winter and real cold that makes it very unpleasant so uh we've lit six acres has been the maximum amount we've been able to which is not a lot i mean that's a lot of pumpkins but that's not very much product so that's always been a limiting factor but that's changed this just this last year
0: Uh, for those who might be joining us right now we are chatting with ken seguine and jay gilbertson the people behind, the brains behind, Hay River Certified Organic Pumpkin Seed Oil in Prairie Farm, Wisconsin, America's first pumpkin seed oil. What How do you do with pumpkin seed oil?
2: Well, probably, well, it tastes delicious, and probably the best use is salad dressing. Really? It makes a great vinaigrette with just a balsamic and a little salt and pepper, and boom, it's wow. awesome.
0: I was introduced to pumpkin seed oil just just a couple of weeks ago <laughs> because I won some pump of, of their pumpkin <sighs> seed oil in a silent auction. It was like the best thing. <laughs> Brought it home. My husband was very familiar with the the uh, that firm up in Spooner. Oh, okay, botanical oil. Botanical oils. He's a chiropractor and was very familiar with with the um, nutritional values of those oils yeah. and so when i brought home the pumpkin seed oil he was oh this is terrific <laughs> um we immediately tried it on salad just as you said with um lemon juice oh perfect mm. and it 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 has such a different flavor it was so wonderful since then <laughs> now i am dipping it my oil my breads in it um it is just a delicious oil and just what a beautiful color
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it a nice color
0: yeah. Well, so tell me about those pumpkins though. Is this like a regular pumpkin?
1: No, it's it's a special pumpkin and you know I mentioned the Austrians were the large, world's largest producers and consumers. It's a very interesting history because pumpkins are American. They were domesticated by Native Americans right yeah, here yeah. and none other than, <clears throat> excuse me, Christopher Columbus took pumpkins back with him and immediately they were thought of as being a good food for the people. So, and the Royal Courts of Europe were very connected, and so it was really deliberately promoted that these should be grown, you know, feed to feed the people, and so by the late 1600s the Austrians were taking pumpkins and pumpkin seeds and pressing them for the oil. And then in 1897 there was a naturally occurring genetic mutation, mm. that there was one pumpkin where the seeds were different. Now, if you've ever hollowed out or made a jack-o'-lantern, you know, pumpkins have a hard white shell, very fibrous. Well, in this genetic mutation, that, that hard white shell, it was still there, but it had withered away and just become almost more like an onion skin. And so it was seized because you were already pressing those those seeds that had the hard white shell, and this made it much easier without all that extra fiber to take and press the oil and they 're called either hullless or more fun to say naked seeded pumpkins <laughs> and so those are what we what we use, and they 've really been developed since then for these large oil rich seeds and sometimes you know when you 're selecting crops for one particular attribute other things fall away. So they look different. They're kind of green and orange striped. And everybody always asks about, what do you do with all that flesh? And it's pretty much useless. The flesh is very pale and very fibrous, and it lacks the pigments. They're called carotenoids that create the orange Orange. color, flavor, and nutrition. So, you know, it's almost, there's just not that much calorie value there. It's really not worth the effort to transport it to animals. Although if you did ha- have animals that were right adjacent to the field, yeah, you could feed it. But there's not much use. So we're really just extracting those seed, those special seeds.
0: Are you the only source of these pumpkins right now, or is anybody else growing any for you?
2: Actually, we, that's, that's one of our main goals is to create jobs for other farmers because every farmer around us has some extra land yeah. so every year we try to add one or two farmers but this year we're going to ramp it up because we have a new piece of equipment that actually works <laughs> that we got last year from it. Turkey no it's yeah, from Turkey. Yeah that, that was the big <laughs> we had the to, big Yeah that's <laughs> the big plus is we did not build this machine <laughs> and to look at it you're like hmm but it works beautifully.
0: And what does this machine do?
2: Actually you, you literally put the pumpkin in one end and the seeds go into a bucket at the other basically that's a quick overview but it extracts extracts the seeds beautifully it does really well right in the field field. it's a game-changer you
1: can leave the rest of it there
2: yes exactly because out of the end comes the shells and everything else which is great for the soil yeah so all we're really taking out as Ken mentioned is the seed
0: Wow Wow, so how fast can this machine work oh my gosh last (laughs) year for
2: instance we would harvest a field that took uh, like a week This year I did it in three hours. That's the very same field. (laughs) Wow. So it is totally a different world for us. And we also were able to eliminate several jobs that were not fun at the farm, like picking through and washing the seeds. We no longer have to do those two types of jobs any longer. So it's really changed our whole situation.
0: Now, do you do the pressing also right on the farm?
2: No, no. We take the seeds up to Botanic Oil Innovations and Spooner. They press the seeds and they bottle it for us. Wow. That's so great.
0: So where can your your pumpkin seed oil be found?
1: Well, <laughs> online and uh <clears throat> excuse me, and then in um co-ops and natural food retailers primarily in the upper Midwest. And we've been limited in Whole Foods markets in the Twin Cities, Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. But again, we've uh, we've actually been limited and we've been in a good place that demand has exceeded supply. So we we don't want you know, if a, re, a retailer is going to carry our products, we want to keep them in stock for the whole year. So oh, sure. this year, we're just operating off the limited amount that we grew last year, but this year, we're dramatically scaling up, and next year, we'll have much more product to sell, and we'll be expanding our retail base. And we have scattered retailers nationally, but uh, we will look at, we really want to, just take the place and assume and be America's first pumpkin seed oil and just be everywhere. So we'll, on our way. And then available on our website direct.
0: Sure, sure, and it's a fun website. What is what is the uh, website address?
2: HeyRiver.net, and we have recipes there and our history, a lot of silly pictures and a lot of good information too.
0: <laughs> it is good information. I, I really like the, um, the shots out in the field and uh, taking a look, beautiful pictures of the pumpkins themselves. All right, so you guys have been now working within the certified organic um, farming community directly. I mean, it seems like you've always had some sort of indirect kind of connection for a while now. And you are seeing good demand, which is wonderful, for your pumpkin seed oil. When you take a look out at so many of these small farmers operating right now, any advice as far as the marketing goes or how to think about some of these things? Because so many of the smaller farms have such a huge challenge in thinking about how do I get my market, my product from here to there?
1: You know, that's the key thing. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate just because of my professional background, we had a lot of that in place. And I think something you really have to look at is, uh, and, I mean, unless you're directly selling your produce in a CSA, which is, you know, increasingly there's uh, certainly at the Organic Farming Conference a few years ago, a few weeks ago, you see lots of young people that are really looking at that as a viable occupation, something that they could do to make money and raise their family. For value-added products, typically you're going to need to look for some kind of a processor. Much how we use Botanic Oil uh, Innovations in Spooner, which is just an hour away from us, we're very fortunate that we have that as a resource. And that's kind of a key thing. And I know in the state of Wisconsin, there are organizations, that nonprofits that are formed, really to encourage uh, small-scale local processing of different types of products that people might want to make. Uh, Community kitchens, because, you know, when you're making a food product, there are quite a few regulations that Mm -hmm. go into place that would be beyond an individual farmer. So you're going to need to look for who can I work with and process, and you're going to need to look for resources in your state and in your community. And, you know, for example, in Wisconsin, we have the, um, uh, what's it called, natural processing organic processing institute uh an organization that is really encouraging mm-hmm. small scale you know either from uh you know of harvesting of chickens and processing chickens to community kitchens that could process jams and sauerkraut. syrup and sauerkraut fermented Pickled foods vitamins.
0: right any any thoughts uh, about why you think this is growing up so much in wisconsin
1: well, Wisconsin's a very cool state. I mean, that's. Uh, I, I, so
2: you, you we heard had enough cheese, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just live on cheese. Well, and beer. Oh. I, I, I think it's nationally. Yeah, I think you know yeah, there is a, a
1: tremendous desire to be able to have uh, wholesome, locally grown foods. I think a realization that you know we need to support sustainable systems and support. You know, individual growers, and I think there's a lot of parents that want their kids to know that food does not come on pink styrofoam right. trays. That yeah. actually, there's right. a whole story and a system behind it. So that's a real growing awareness that's that's occurring nationally.
0: Right. So both of you um, now, Jay, you're you're writing on the farm.
2: Yes. Yeah. Do most of my writing. I also do a lot of writing when I'm sitting in the tractor. I do a lot of my scenes in my head. That's where I do a lot of my creativity is when I'm doing something else.
1: You're not actually typing while you're on
2: the tractor. Are you? Well, I should try that. Yeah. No, not, not no, not yet. Tell me no, you're I not. pretty much drive when drive I'm in the tractor. You don't drive with your knees then? <laughs> no, no, but I have seen that, so it's possible.
0: Well, maybe we can hook up a, a microphone and get you down into a recorder. There you go. You never know. I'll try anything. Yeah. <laughs> but Ken, you are still working off farm?
1: Yeah, I'm fortunate. I get to work out of my home office mostly. I, I travel oh. a lot for my job too, but you know I'm able to work out of the farm too. So it's nice that we're just there.
0: You're yeah. not kidding because it's a, it's a, once the uh, the seeds now. Have you started your your uh, transplants?
2: No, no. We start those probably end of May because we we certainly can't plant them until we're sure that there's not going to be a frost. Oh, yeah. And we only we have them in seed trays probably about ten days, and then they have to be delivered to the farms and put in the ground really quickly.
0: No kidding. So it's that quick. They just
1: really quick, and and they're super frost sensitive. And you know, our average last date of frost can be first week of June. Although last few years, that's moved earlier and earlier. And we just recently went to a really interesting um, seminar on climate change out of UW Madison in Wisconsin. And indeed, in our area, it looks like the planting season is moving about two weeks earlier. So there's pluses and minuses with that, but you know, for pumpkins, it looks like we're probably going to have a little bit of an extended season, So, so you, which is a benefit. So do you hand plant this? No. Uh, we um, transplant. So we start in the greenhouse, okay. and then we have transplants that then go into the field, and that's what we deliver to the farmers. Uh, we deliver them the transplant so we know they've got a good start it gives the plants a a heads up on weed competition and pumpkins are you know they're vigorous plants and on you know they're relatively easy to grow it's it's like a lot of people's first thing they grew is either corn or pumpkin because they always work they're robust plants right but we want to give them a head start above the weed competition
0: well terrific We're practically to the end of our our interview this morning. The time just flies by. (laughs) We've just had such a terrific conversation with Ken Sigwine and Jay Gilbertson, the men behind America's first certified organic pumpkin seed oil, the Hay River Pumpkin Seed Oil, out of Prairie Farm, Wisconsin. How far are you from the Twin Cities?
1: We're about 75 miles.
0: So just about the same as I am yeah. from here. Now, can someone come and visit your farm?
1: The, yes, they need to call first, so <laughs> number's right on the, 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 the website. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Good, good. Sure. Can you give us that website again as we were just about ready to sign off? Sure, it's
2: hayriver.net.
0: Hayriver.net, and they can call you, so you've got a phone number on there as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ken and Jay, thank you so much for being with us this morning on Deep Roots Radio. Any parting remarks as you think about the people who are listening because they are from all over the United States. They are both farmers, some conventional, some sustainable, and food lovers, all of them.
1: I would say always as in anything follow your passion and you know things are not easy in anything that you do there's going to be challenges and you need to have enough passion and interest in your heart to carry you
2: over the rough parts to, to get you to where you want to go. I guess I'd follow that by saying anything is possible.
0: Anything is possible. You know I said that was the last thing, but I really wanted to ask you. What? Well, that wasn't true, Sylvia. Wait, there's more. It was making that tie to community. What do you say about the kind of farming you do and how it, it uh, ties with community?
1: Uh, we absolutely want to um, invest in our community. We want to create jobs. Our long-term vision is that our part of Wisconsin becomes noted where America's pumpkin cereal comes from, and we want to create full-time jobs and diversify the agriculture that's here. And it absolutely can happen. There's no reason it, it couldn't. So, wow!
0: Thank
1: how you. many how many acres would it take if you wanted to have a big operation? Well, we're expanding to 20 acres this year, okay. but we're going to need to be about 200 acres Really? total. Wow. So eventually, you know, yeah. we have some years over to go time. here over time. And then we'll yeah. add a
2: zero to that. And yeah. <laughs> up we go.
0: I like it. I there like that kind of thing. Constantly growing. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ken Seguine and Jay Gilbertson from Hay River Pumpkin Seed Oil. I hope you have a good weekend. You too. Thank, thank you Bye, very everybody. Much. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.